0: Today, I'm sure today's message is going to bring excitement to somebody's life. And, you know, I started a series at church uh, in the last uh, last, uh, two Sundays ago, and it was titled as King of Kings, Jesus Christ as the King of Kings. And and towards the the month of December, uh, around Christmas season, I tried to bring our thoughts and attention to something called as Advent Series, which is taking our church on a journey of remembering that Christ came which means Christ is going to come back again. Are you with me, church? Jesus Christ came in the first place. There are around 300-plus prophecies about Jesus' first coming that is mentioned all through the Old Testament. Can I tell you something? Jesus' second coming is prophesied more than 700 times when you put together the Old Testament and the New Testament together. So if He came on the first place, Jesus is gonna come back on the second place again. I declare in this room, if you're just tuning in watching, my Jesus, as the King of Kings, He's gonna come back again. That's what the book of Revelation calls out. He, on the second time of His coming, He's not coming back as a baby who has humbled Himself to be in the manger the second time. He- Coming, he's coming back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That every knee shall bow when they see and hear the trumpets call. And I pray, I pray as a pastor of this church that God has given me, this garden where God has placed me, that we are not ashamed of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We prepare ourselves that our hearts are longing for to be united with our. Maker, like a husband and a wife, after they are engaged, they come together, uh, they're married, and you know, I, I, I don't care how many minutes you're going to preach. You know, somebody was preaching almost like 40 minutes during my wedding. I'm like, Pastor, speak only for 15 minutes because I got business to do. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. The excitement, and I pray that's the same excitement you and me, we carry when we are waiting for Jesus' second coming. In every single moment of our life, every single worship song, every time we engage in a spiritual atmosphere, in-house or in your personal house, in your workspace or your work every school space, wherever it is, we have the desire, Lord, I just want to be with you. And I long for your presence. Today, you know, as the service was going on, as Jerry was leading worship, our worship team were... Uh, leading uh, the time of praise and worship here. Uh, Today's, uh, you know, I want to continue my sermon as King of Kings. And today's message that I want to bring to you is simply titled as On Schedule. On Schedule. And I remind our church, if you came here for three songs and a message, you're in the wrong place. Uh, We want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. There are some people here, you don't move at all. But I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, touch our lives, touch our hearts, that we moved from where? From a place of isolation, from a place of loneliness, from a place of rejection, from a place where we have cut off everything and we didn't want to be with anybody else. I am praying, Holy Spirit, move the hearts of people today that they understand the fellowship of the body of Christ. And today I want to take your attention real quick into a sermon series, uh, King of Kings. And on schedule is what I want to preach today. One of the things that we all see in this room right now is everybody in this room, we are all wearing a watch. Or uh, you are using an iPhone or your mobile devices that gives you a time. We all have a time. We function according to the, the time. I wear a watch which gives me the information about the place I need to be at and the time schedules that I have. And we're all governed by some sort of a schedule in our life. Monday to Friday, it might be your work schedules. 9 a.m. to 4, 5 o'clock, you come back home, uh, you, you, your, your life changes again when you walk in and your kids are around, your family's around. We, we're all governed by the schedule that we are accountable for and we follow it nonetheless. We follow it all the time. But here, as I move forward, at the very beginning of my message, I want to declare I don't care what schedule we follow, but we all are under heaven's schedule. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are all under heaven's schedule. Pastor, I just had a heart attack. You did not just have a heart attack. We are under the schedule of heaven. Pastor, something went wrong. Brother, sister, God knows it. There is nothing that happens to our life that God is not aware of it. And come on, I as an individual... I have hope in Christ that even though I go through the valley of shadow of death, it will not harm me because I am under the schedule of heaven. Come on, somebody. No matter what struggle I am facing in life, but I don't back out of what God has asked me to do just because things did not happen the way I planned it. Oh, I am here to declare I am under the schedule of heaven. Praise the Lord. Lean on to the understanding, not on your knowledge. Lean on on to the understanding of who Christ Jesus is. He gives us the assurance. Even when I don't feel like he's working, I know he's still working. Even when I don't see him working, I know he's still working. Our hope and our trust in God. I am on heaven's turn to your neighbor look at them with a beautiful smiling face let them know I am on heaven's schedule come on somebody look at your neighbor come on y'all are sitting here like you have fought in your house and you came pastor don't ask me to talk maybe the Holy Spirit is I am on heaven's schedule Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 is the first scripture I want to read out Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 this is how it goes he has made everything beautiful in whose time? Not my time, not Zion's time, not anybody else seated here. God has made everything, no matter whatever you are thinking is ugly in your life, God says, I have made all things and everything beautiful in my time. Praise the Lord. And a couple of years ago, we had some chicken in our backyard and I had this idea of, uh, my, my son Josiah loved it. And so I bought a, uh, a, a, an incubator and I, you know, tried to hatch some eggs. So I kept around seven of seven eggs in the incubator. And uh, you all know we have to keep around 21 days for it to hatch out. So we kept around seven of these eggs. My son is so excited. Every day he comes, he takes one of the eggs, he keeps shaking it. And he does, you know, whatever kids do, you know, he keeps shaking it. And I'm like, bro, you don't do that. You know, you keep it. The incubator does its job. You have to keep it for 21 days. And after, on the 21st day, you will see how it hatch out, right? So my son, he took, you know, I think two or three of these eggs and he started turning on and twisting and all that thing, you know. We kept it for 21 days. Nothing happened. Why? we had to follow the schedule. Then I kept another batch and I told him, don't touch them at all. Let them go through the schedule. On the 21st today. you will see how beautiful whatever God has created comes out into existence. Are you with me? Sometimes, you know, when we don't see God working in our life, what we try to do is we try to mend it. We try to operate with our own wisdom. Listen, wait and see That the Lord, come on somebody, wait and see that the Lord is good. He works all things for the good of His children. And that is why Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in His time. In its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Listen as I was pointing out today we're all on schedule. God does not operate on our schedule. We have a minute has 60 seconds. 1 hour has 60 minutes. A day has around 24 hours. A year has a month has around 28 or 30 or 31 days. A year has around 365 or 365 changed days. We all have a schedule that we are following, that somebody has created, we are following it. God does not exist in the schedule of human mind. He's beyond and He's outside the realm of our time. Are you with me? He's outside the realm of our time time. Human mind cannot understand. We may have gone to the Mars. We may have gone to the moon and conquered it. Or we may have gone to the distant galaxies and conquered them. But God operates beyond that. We cannot confine Him to the human knowledge. And sometimes that is what is happening with a lot of us. That we come and we pray. We fast and pray for three days for something to happen. We come and we pray for certain things to change in our life. When it does not happen, what happens? We quit loving God. We blame God. We say, God, you're not working. I don't see you answering my prayers anymore. God, do you hate me? No, brother. God does not hate you. It simply means he is making all things better in his time. He does not operate in our time. Lean on to the understanding of God's timing. Abraham waited for 25 years. Or Moses had to wait for 40 years. There are people in the Bible that you see who waited and if you are waiting, your waiting time is not wasted time as God is making you wait. Listen, lean on to the understanding. Maybe we have lost to trust God somewhere. Bring our thoughts back onto Jesus. That's what we need today. This Christmas season, all I'm trying to make my church understand today is that let's lean on to understand who God is in our life. If something does not happen, not on time, wait to see. Be in His presence to understand God is making all things beautiful. He does not hate us. He loves us. Hallelujah. God does not hate us. He loves us. He does not keep any good things away from us. He loves us. He cares for us. In His time, He has made all things beautiful. In God's time, first thing that i want to mention here is that you know when we see god uh, uh, is late we understand, we think it is god is late but listen he just keeps a different schedule than we do simply he just keeps a different schedule than we do trust in him lean on him. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4, you come across this portion where God gave Abraham, God gave Abraham a promise. But listen, when God gave Abraham the promise, sometimes when God makes promises to us and with us, uh, we want to see the fulfillment of the promise immediately. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Abraham had to wait 25 years to see the promise that God made with him. Come to fulfillment. Listen, the prom- the process before the promise or the process during the promise is very vital for what God is bringing and birthing out of you. If God is making us wait for a promise to come to fulfillment, trust the process that God is taking us through. He's making us prepared. He's he's, he's engaging us with the natural realms of this world so that we are prepared to receive what is coming out of us. And I repeat today, but what God gave him was not just the promise. What God gave him was the process to the promise. Trust the process that God is taking us through. Sometimes we don't like the process. The process is lonely, being lonely, dejected, alone. People hate us. People backstab us. Waiting for 25 years. God, I can't do it. I don't think you exist. I don't think you live anymore. Lord, I'm alone. I'm lonely. In the journey of life, everybody has left me. They're all blessed. I pull up social media and I see everybody else praying and they've received their answers. Why am I going through the season? Brother, sister, you are still on schedule by heaven. And that's the assurance we need to have. I'm still on schedule by heaven. You know, what? when you come to New Testament, it talks about Jesus. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7 says, But when the fullness of time had come, Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Galatians, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and is and, and his repeating this statement here that he quoted in the early days of his ministry. He says that, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son. Praise the Lord. The fullness of time. People might have thought, Lord, can you please send your Son to save us? When Israel was going through Egyptian captivity. When Israel was going through Babylonian captivity. When the Romans conquered them. Their life was desolate and empty. They cried out to God to come and help them. God could not and God did not send His Son Jesus at that time. The fullness of time had to appear. And that is what the book of Galatians talks to us about. Paul is reminding the church today, when the fullness of time came together, God sent His Son. It did not happen in any other period of time. It happened when the fullness of time came in God's calendar. Does not happen because Mary was single. She was just engaged. She was pure. No. It was the fullness of time. It's the plan of God to bring His Son so that through His Son, all those who believe in Him shall not die but have everlasting life. The fullness of time. We are living and we are seeing the partial time sometimes. And that is why our mind is always confused. Like God, will you ever come through to help me? Will I make it or not? Brother, sometimes we just sing the partial. Understand the fullness of God and the plans of God. The book of Galatians may be a prophetic word into somebody's life, but when the fullness of time had come, Father God, Holy Spirit, Son Jesus Christ, word became flesh. And dwelled among men, dwelled among people. The Son of God became man so that the men could become sons of God. Book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 to 7 says, Born of a woman, born under the law. Talks about Jesus. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So, listen to verse 7. So, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You're no longer a slave. In the fullness of God's timing, He planned eternity for you and me. In the fullness of God's timing, he decided to kill sin in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. So whosoever believes in him shall not be perished, but have everlasting life in Christ Jesus. Are you with me, church? This morning, I just want to encourage some of you seated in this room. You are on schedule by heaven. Man cannot stop you. Demons cannot stop you. No force on earth can ever pull back what God has began in your life. You appeared for certain things and it don't work, God. I declare in Jesus' name, you are on schedule by heaven. What God says comes to pass in your life. In the fullness of time, you will see your beautiful bride walking in. In the fullness of time, you will see your Prince Charming coming through. In the fullness of time, God will do all things good and beautiful for his children in the fullness of time. In the fullness of time. Praise the Lord. Listen, I am want to share a story here. I hope you like my story. Once an elephant and a dog got pregnant at the same time. The elephant and a dog got pregnant at the same time. Three months later, dog gave birth to Wonderful, six little, adorable puppies. Elephant is still pregnant. (laughs) After six months, the dog became pregnant again, gave birth to another dozen. After nine months, the dog became pregnant again, gave birth to another dozen. And this process continued to happen. And every time the dog is pregnant, the dog will come to the elephant and say, Hey, you know what? Almost of the sixth time, the dog would come to the elephant and ask, hey, you know what? We both got pregnant at the same time. You see, I have already given birth to so many little puppies and these puppies have grown to become dogs now. And you say you're still pregnant? I don't believe it. There's no change in you. There's no movement in you. Or you don't even have morning sickness. How do I know that you are pregnant? How do I know that you are carrying a child? The elephant looked at the dog and said, You know what? I don't carry a puppy. I carry an elephant. My take time. When my baby drops on the ground, the earth knows something majestic is about to roll out. When my baby rolls out to the ground, when my baby walks through the roads, people stop in admiration. Because It's not a puppy, y'all. It is an elephant. Can I tell you something? Might take a little longer. But when God brings out something good in our life, oh, people will watch in admiration what God has began in your life. He does not lie. He is not a man to lie. His promises never fail. And today I want to declare my friend. If God has made a promise with you. And you are waiting. Your waiting time is not a waste of time. When you walk out with that job. When you walk into those places with that interview. When you walk out with that degree. I want to declare people will wait and watch. The goodness that God has birthed out of your life. Your Waiting time is not a waste of time. But during this waiting time, I I want to remind the church, I preached this a couple of months ago. You know, sometimes we're praying for a door to be opened in our life. How many of you are praying for a door to be opened in your life? I see a lot of people. You're praying for a door to be opened in your life. Listen, as we wait, can you pan the cameras? Thank you so much. As you wait for the door to be opened, You know, worship Him in the hallway that leads to the door. Sometimes we're so caught up with the door being opening, to be opened, we pray about it. And if we forget God, because we're not seeing Him in our time, listen, never forget your praise as you're waiting for God. Never forget to surrender to the will and the plan of God. As we wait for God, we are on schedule. And the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Savior, is coming back for His beautiful bride, His Church. Are you with me, Church? Praise the Lord! And that is why you know, as when you read Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse eleven, to everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. For everything there is a time, there is a season. For everything. God in the Bible has created everything and He set His calendar. For everything there is a season. But I'm going to de- declare a prophetic word here. If this season you're crying for something, you will not be crying forever. If this season something is being held off from you, it will not keep itself away from you for longer. In God's timing, it will come through. And that is what we believe. Through Christ Jesus. And that is what we believe. His timing is the best in our life. His timing is what we need to lean on to. Number two, I want to point out here. Don't be jealous on someone else's harvest season when you are in your sowing season. Praise the Lord. Amen. We always see the harvest of other people. We always say this, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. No, it's greener where you water it. We're always jealous of somebody else's harvest season. Oh, they have so good. Their ministry is good. You know, their their, their, their reach is good. Their, 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 Their job is good. Their education is good. Their family is good. You make it good where you are sowing it. Don't be jealous on somebody else's harvest season when you are in your sowing season. You know what the Bible says in Psalms? It says, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. Sowing season is hard. It's painful to till the ground. You have to go through the the process that the earth and the environment, the atmosphere needs for uh, a seed to germinate and to grow and become a crop. But you have to go through it. But when the harvest season comes, Those who sow the seed in tears. Oh, I declare. If there are people in this room, you are in your sowing season. Brother, it's going to be a time of turnaround in the name of Jesus. You are on schedule by heaven. What God says comes to pass. You will no longer be in that sowing season forever. Your harvest is coming. The King of harvest, the Lord of the harvest is proclaiming His goodness over your life. Praise the Lord. So listen. Don't be jealous of somebody else's harvest when you are in your sowing season. Do your part. Start sowing. Sow seeds of love, not hatredness. Sow seeds of joy. It'll come back to you. It'll turn around and come back to you. Sow those seeds this season. And I'm sure in God's timing, it's going to come back as a harvest in your life. I'm going to read Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 to 7 again. I request my worship team to come behind me. I want to read Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, right, God sent His Son. When the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son. Born of woman, born under the law. You know, I'm so glad and happy that we are no longer under the law of condemnation. No longer under the law of rejection. No longer under the law that the Old Testament proclaims. I'm thankful we are under grace of Jesus Christ. And through Him, you and me, we are saved. Not because of human works, the grace of God. Listen, in a lot of other um. I would say, religious teachings. It's your work that takes you and makes you righteous in the sight of gods and goddesses and deities. You have to do things to attain moksha. You have to do things to attain nirvana. You have to do things to get your atonement, being righteous with God. You know what God's word says when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that you don't have to be born that way. When we accept the Lord as our Savior, we are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. What does it mean? Grace is not the permission to sin. Grace is not the permission to do whatever I want to do. Grace is simply saying, God, I accept you and I am under you. Praise the Lord. Grace is declaring that, you know what, all the things you might have done in your past today and tomorrow, I'm going to cleanse you. Make you righteous in the sight of God Almighty. That is what grace is. That through grace, I have found God the Holy Spirit is working in my life. Are you with me church? As the worship team comes behind me, as the word continues here, it says to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. You know, the word says sons, but I want to include all the daughters. You know, I say sons and daughters. That I'm no longer a slave to whatever i was a slave of. No longer a slave to sin, sinful thoughts. No longer a slave to any demonic works. But I receive Christ as my personal Savior. And I am adopted as the son and daughter of the living God. That's what happened when the fullness of time came into existence through Jesus' birth. The fullness of time. But Listen, the second time when Christ is coming back, at the fullness of the second coming of Jesus, this talks to us about about the first coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. When the fullness of time, at the fullness of time, the second coming of Jesus, you know what happens? God is going to take His holy bride, the New Testament church. He's not coming back. He's not coming back uh, to just love on everybody. He's coming back with a mission to take what is His. His beautiful bride, the New Testament church. As together, we have to understand this. You and me, we're no longer a slave. If you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, you're no longer a slave. You're not a slave to the schedules of the world. You're not a slave to the sinful desires and the practices of the world. You're not a slave to the world. Adopted us, the sons and daughters of the living God. What it means, everything that Jesus has is mine. Jesus' peace is beyond human comprehension. Even when he was crucified, he said, God, let your will be done. Even when people backstabbed him, he did not turn back at them. Even when people dejected, rejected, walked out, spat on him, he did not hit them back. See the peace of God. When I declare, you as the sons and daughters of God, you own the same heritage of who Christ Jesus is. That's what I want to point out to. Troubles of this world cannot affect who you are as a child of God. Troubles of this world cannot affect your emotional capacity to understand God You are sovereign. I may go through sickness. I may lie down in the ICU. But I know that I will see you no matter what goes wrong in my life. Praise the Lord. That's the peace of God. And I pray today, this morning, as we gather together for a global praise and worship, that the peace of God will be in our hearts. No matter what goes wrong, but I still believe I am on schedule by heaven. Praise the Lord. Can me you all rise up in God's house. Listen y'all. And because we are sons of God, and because we are sons of God, the spirit of His Son is living in us and enabling us to cry out, Abba Father. Praise the Lord. Hey, listen. Nobody else calls my dad father or dad, daddy or papa, whatever. Nobody calls me dad other than my son Josiah and daughter Ariana. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. But if they're born through me, born in the relationship of a husband and wife, that child that is growing within the house has the authority to call a parent, mom, dad, I did not have the privilege But through the redemptive, gracious work of the cross, today Jesus' birth declares that I am adopted as the sons and daughters of my living God. That together with the help of the Holy Spirit, I can declare, Abba, Father. Listen, there's a special connection. When you call somebody, not somebody, when you call your dad, It's a special connection, there's a bonding, there's a relationship. You may be in this room, might be struggling with your earthly that, might be struggling with the earthly relationships around you. Listen, God's grace is enough for me. Every eye is closed. I am no longer a slave. I am the son and daughter of the living God that's what it means when I declare he's the king of kings he's always on schedule he's always on schedule God is coming back again to receive the sons and daughters and to unite him together with that holy matrimony with his son Jesus Christ